Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 20, the season finale of 20 and 20, the rapid fire review show from the New Experimental Hours Podcast Network. My name is Pat. I am your host. I've been your host for all 20 episodes of this show. And if I ever bring it back from the dead, from its hiatus, I'll be the host again. No, I'm just kidding. Guys, this is the season finale. It's not the series finale. I will be back. Don't worry. Don't mourn the show yet. You know, I'm going to move on to other projects. There's plenty more in the New Experimental Hours world for you to explore, okay? In the meantime, let's just say it's Friday, March 5th, 2021, 11.11 a.m. 11.11. Okay. Good sign. Ominous sign? Good sign. Uh, Broadcasting to you from my basement studio in Chicago. And, you know, psyched. I'm psyched to be here. It's been a great week. And, um... If you haven't tuned into the show before, first of all, welcome. Second of all, it's a rapid-fire review show. Yeah, I reviewed 20 things in 20 minutes. Yes, I use a stopwatch. Come on. That's what we do here. Anyway, let's get the stopwatch out. Let's begin this show before I overstay my welcome. And I just started the stopwatch. Seeing as this is the season finale, I want to talk about my favorite season finales uh, from television my third favorite season finale would be the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode uh, called Opening Night. It's the season finale of season four in which Larry um, stars in The Producers. David Schwimmer's in it. He, I mean, it's hilarious. It's, an, it's almost sort of meta. What a terrific season finale to that. Uh, go check that season out if you haven't in a while. My second favorite season finale of all time would be The Wheel, episode, uh, what is it, episode 10, episode 12 of Mad Men, uh, season one finale. It's famous for a reason, because it kicks ass. And my very favorite season finale of all time is going to have to be the season two finale of The Office called Casino Night. And that brings me to point number two. I'm going to talk about Casino Night for a minute. Um, when I started watching The Office, people watched television just a little differently. Uh, this might have been 2007, 8, something like that. And uh, you would watch it on TV, broadcast in real time. If you missed an episode, okay. You know, if you if you managed to catch them all in a row, that's great. But this was the first time I remember, um, maybe the first time, watching serialized television with the DVD and just, like, really investing in the whole arc of the s- season. And Casino Night came, and... The question in season two is, will Pam and Jim finally hook up in some respect? And Casino Night answers that question to a degree, but leaves on a cliffhanger ending. It's breathtaking, and um, a lot of people have charged uh, the show with being a little outdated in its presentation of Pam, and that might be true. It's been a while since I've watched the the show um, that early on. But when I was a young man, that episode meant so much to me. I watched it probably ten times. I could cite so many and you know, quote so many of the the lines and it's just downright hilarious michael scott is unbelievable in that episode as well so casino night is my number one season finale um something uh came to an end that would be 20 and 20 and something started up again that would be uh school for cps students started up in uh in the respect that it's started up in-person schooling the school year has been going on for you know seven or eight months something like that since the fall but Alice is going back to school now in person. We, uh, you know, we debated a little bit about whether to send her back. Ultimately, we chose to send her back, and there's been a lot of, a lot of conversations, a lot of heated debates about whether that was the right move. Not just on a 
personal level for me, but also like on a, a macro level for the entire school district. It's been fraught with tension, uh, as it should be. It's a big deal. But the, the point is, uh, it was a great first week. We're playing it day by day, as we should, and I uh, hope I bring good news, uh, you know, good news moving forward, because she's really enjoyed it, and she's liked uh, meeting her teacher and her friends, okay? Next up, I want to talk about biking in the winter, biking in the spring, when it is really, really snowy, there's salt on the ground, there's water, rain, sleet, all that nonsense, you know? Most people, eh, not maybe not most people, but a lot of people hang up the bike for the season. That's not me. I like to bike all year round, but I had neglected to perform some very basic maintenance on my bike this winter, and I had a really rusty chain. So I brought my bike over to Comrade. I've been talking about them every episode for 20 uh, episodes now. The best bike shop in the city, as far as I'm concerned. They gave me something called Pedro's Sin Lube. It's a terrific chain grease from the company Pedro's. They make a variety of chain greases, and this is their big one. This is the one that'll protect your chain when the weather sucks, when the salt is out. It's, uh, you know, it doesn't collect dirt. It's very, very, uh, it's very slick. Oh, man. I love I put it on my chain, and it was like riding a new bike. So, shout out to Comrade for giving me the right lube, and shout out to Pedro's for making it. Speaking of making cool uh, things, there is a new artist on the scene, and I I'm break, breaking news from 20 and 20. Olivia Rodrigo. Have you ever heard of this person? I know a lot of my listeners live under big old rocks. I know I do. Actually, she's had the number one song in the country for like 10 weeks. Olivia Rodrigo used to be on the Disney Channel. Her song, Driver's License, is kicking ass right now. It's the number one hit in the country. I listened to it expecting some sort of light, airy pop song. What I got instead was a pretty heavy um, power ballad with a lot of uh, Taylor Swift and Lord influence, and I loved it. I couldn't believe how much the song was resonating with me. It's about, you know, getting your driver's license for the first time. Driving around with the love of your young life. Huh? That kind of brings me back. It resonates a little bit. I think it does for everybody. I always thought that the, uh, the uh, younger generation didn't care so much about driving, but this song maybe proves me wrong. Maybe uh, kids are going to be driving again. All right, moving on. Uh, this song and, and record is nowhere near the top of the charts. In fact, very few people know it. It's by an artist called Kamixlo. He's out of uh, England. His new record, Cicatrice, is real, real good. It is haunted, uh, bleak, pounding, industrial club music with reggaeton influence. Um, you'll hear it in the drums. The drums are mixed super loud, super aggressive, and... Um, the melodies are almost, like, annoying, but they're also insanely catchy. I've been listening to this record a lot. It makes me think back to my days dancing at Neo and how fun that was. It's real dark music. Like, it's, like, for a dark room in a big old warehouse party, and uh, you're wearing leather. That's the kind of jam uh, that Kamixlo provides. Uh, the opposite of that would be a show called Superstore. Superstore is an NBC sitcom. Uh, it's not really bleak at all it's it's actually got a pretty uh, uplifting vibe it's very bright the colors look you know blue it's like kind of like a play on walmart superstore is a uh, like i said a sitcom pretty dang funny america ferrera is the uh the the star i cannot remember what the guy's name is who stars but the, you know good supporting cast it's very much uh in the vein of the office it seems like it was you know the uh the heads over at nbc were like we need another office and then they charged the team with coming up with one, like, 
They've got their Dwight. They've got their Kevin. But it works. It's funny. It's charming. Um, me and Kathy are almost done with season two and being just flying through it. So shout out to Superstore. I, I think there are six seasons. I don't know when we'll uh, get there, though. I had a job interview yesterday. went really, really well. Uh, great conversation at a store called Billy Reed. Yeah, your boy keeps uh, stepping further into the retail space. And uh, really hoping I get that job. Billy Reed is a cool designer. Been um, been around for a long time. Makes pretty upscale stuff, like upscale basics. You know, the best crew neck sweatshirt you've ever owned. The best Oxford you've ever owned. Like a blazer. It's like 700 bucks for a blazer, you know. It's like, it's no joke. It's, it's big money clothes. But uh, they're made well. I, you know, made in Canada, made in the United States, Japan, Italy, that sort of thing. And uh, the space is beautiful. It's like being in someone's house. He's a southern designer coming out of Alabama. So a lot of uh, unusual stuff in, in Billy Reed. And I really enjoyed my conversation there. I've enjoyed shopping there as a customer. And I hope I get to sell there as a uh, employee. We'll see. I'll keep you updated, okay? Another uh, clothing point I'd like to make is... I've been looking at needlepoint belts recently. I love a preppy belt. I've spoken at some length here and on my uh, newsletter about my love for preppy clothing. Needlepoint belts are like kind of the preppy belt. Uh, you would know them if you saw them. It's got the need the classic needlepoint look to it. Leather with this uh, fabric overlaid. Uh, the company I'm thinking of is called Smathers and Branson, and you could buy. Any, you can buy a belt with any sort of logo on it. So I looked it up. I The one I was looking at is the University of Illinois one. It's just got eyes all over it, you know, orange eyes on a blue background. And I've been thinking recently that I would really like a University of Illinois garment, but I don't like the, the logo, the Illini logo. I do like the eye, though. So maybe their belt would be up my alley. It is between two and 300 bucks, like 220 bucks. So that's pretty expensive. You could also custom make your own needlepoint belt on their website. Go check it out. Um, looks pretty cool. Um, okay, hard pivot now. We're going to talk about Bunny Whaler. Bunny Whaler died a couple days ago. He was the last surviving Whaler. Bob Marley and the Whalers, okay? So you had Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, and Bunny Whaler. And uh, Bunny Whaler, what can you say about the guy? Pioneered reggae. Um, you know, one of Jamaica's greatest musicians of all time. Uh, worked on the early Bob Marley and the Whalers record. I'm talking Catch a Fire, Burnin', their very best material, my favorite Bob Marley stuff. He is the background singer, and he does an absolutely fantastic job. After he left the group just to hang out in Kingston more, it sounded like he was a homebody, he started recording solo records, and those are really good. We have Blackheart Man and my personal favorite, Roots, Radix, Rockers, and Reggae. You know, dude was a Rastafarian, no whalers, no bad brains. No whalers, no, I don't know, toots. You know what I mean? Like, this this is a huge band, and he was a part of it, and then he went on and did his thing as a solo artist. So, Bunny Whaler, 73 years old. Thank you for sharing your gifts with us. Uh, we'll miss you. You had a great run. Speaking of great runs, uh, haven't Zines had a great run as of late? Like, you know, copy, um, photocopied Zines? I have gotten a number of zines from friends and affiliates, and I gotta say, I'm really inspired by what I've received in the mail. My boy Tyler up in Canada sent me a zine, just a one-page zine, but really clever, done really well, great formatting, very good writing, stuff I had not heard about, a band called Da Slime out of Canada. Really cool. My friend Pat, no relation, 
uh, has been doing a photo zine that I've really cherished. I've got four issues, I believe, four or five issues in the mail, and they've all been really excellent. And then Meekling Press, you know, uh, friends of mine as well, put out a zine a couple, you know, maybe a month or two ago that was really excellent. I contributed to that one. So if you are thinking about making a zine, stop thinking and start doing, okay? Because I want to read it. I also want to drink coffee and beer. That is a classic, classic desire of mine. The company Two Brothers, I would say they're out of Naperville, but they're not. Where are they out of? Warrenville, I think. Two Brothers is a pretty kick-butt brewery. Uh, my favorite beer from them is Abel's Weiss. It's a Hefeweizen. It's delicious. Very light. Great summer beer. Great spring beer. Pick up a six-pack today. Uh, Two Brothers, why don't you sponsor the pod right as I'm getting out? <laughs> And uh, Two Brothers also makes coffee, kind of in the same league as like an Intelligentsia or Dark Matter or something, same price point anyway. I'm not a coffee snob. I can't say whether this is the best coffee in the world, but I really do like it. I love drinking it. So, you know, Two Brothers doing their thing in uh, two beverage arenas, and that's pretty dope. All right. Book review this week goes to Anna Wiener's Uncanny Valley. Uncanny Valley is about Anna's journey into the world of tech startups over in uh, Silicon Valley. And I have not finished the book. I'm over halfway through. And I got to say, I think that it's going to end badly for Miss Wiener. <laughs> she is getting disillusioned real quick. The people who are working in this um, valley, this Uncanny Valley, are um, pretty lame. They seem like... There's an obsession with growth. There's an obsession with like innovation, but off, often it's very hollow and empty. So I look forward to seeing where this plays out. The writing is really sharp, pretty funny and comical. A lot of great characters. Anna herself is is a great skeptic and a great um, you know media through which uh, to to view medium through which to view Silicon Valley. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Great book. I want to talk now about. The Chicago Museums. Let's do underrated, overrated, properly rated. Chicago Museums. Since a lot of these places are either back up and running or are going to be back up and running. The Art Institute. The Art Institute is properly rated. It kicks butt. And, uh, yeah. And everyone knows it. The Field Museum is overrated. Don't really care for dinosaurs that much. Sue is impressive, but uh, a Natural History Museum is just not really my cup of tea. Field Museum is a great example of one, but... Uh, that doesn't save it from my peculiar tastes. Sorry, guys. Uh, Science and Industry Museum is, I'm going to say properly rated, because another beloved museum, a little bit more fun and lighthearted than the Field Museum, and uh, I just love going there. Love bringing the kids there. The Planetarium is properly rated as well. It's just, everyone knows it's kind of a rinky-dink museum. Not a ton going for it. It's fine. It's good for a few hours, and then you go home, and you forget about it for a decade, and then you go back, and you remember why you forgot about it. And the Shedd Aquarium is properly rated. It's an amazing place. Uh, I don't think I did a single underrated one. All the museums are either properly rated or slightly overrated, uh, which is a good thing. It means we, we know our museums, and we, uh, we know how to appraise them, okay? Uh, underrated, though, let's do an underrated now, is... Uh, my son Peter is learning to pee standing up. And guess who's teaching him? Moi. That's right. Something uh, every boy eventually learns, every person with a penis eventually learns. How do you pee standing up? Well, it's not something you just come out doing. And so, uh, we've been t teaching him about it. Standing over the potty. 
aiming. <laughs> Making sure you shake when you're done. I, I don't need to get into this, but, you know, um, he's he digs it, man. He's psyched, I gotta say. He loves it. All right, let's move on. Enough about my son peeing. Let's talk about mountain climbing. I watched the movie Free Solo. It's a National Geographic film. It's a documentary. It won the Oscar for documentary a couple years ago, I believe. It concerns a climber named Alex Honnold and his quest to climb, um, oh geez, El Capitan, or El Cap as he calls it, uh, Free Solo it. It's just him alone, without ropes, without anchors, without any safety net. That's right, if he misses a hold, if he slips and falls, he's dead. And it is a terrific film, very thrilling. Man, you sit on the edge of your seat for the last hour as he nears his... I'm not going to tell you whether he does it or not, but um, you got to see this movie. It's breathtaking. Uh, you get to see El Capitan in all of its glory. I really need to make it out to Yosemite soon. It's a shame I haven't been there, but I'm going to get out there ASAP. And I'm going to climb El Capitan free solo. So you heard it here first. That is my season finale pledge uh, right now. I also am going to pledge in the future to, to use more green chilies in my cooking. Man, one goal, climb El Cap. Second goal, use more green chilies in my cooking. I love them. I get the green chilies. They're four-ounce cans from La Preferida. Is that a Chicago company? I know they have a building off of the Stevenson. Anyway, La Preferida makes these green chilies. I'm putting them in all sorts of stuff. Chilies, of course, like or chili. Yeah, I'm putting it in chili. I'm putting it in a lot of soups. I'm using it in my Mexican dishes. Rice and beans, yes, green chilies go into that as well. If there's tacos going down, if I got some fake meat, because this is a meat-free podcast, you know, I got the fake meat, throw it in the green chilies just to give it a little zest and a little bit more flavor. I love it. Makes me feel like a real chef when I use my green chilies. They taste great. They're cheap. And uh, what else is there to say about them? There's nothing, so I'm moving on. I want to give a shout-out to Kind Laundry. Kind, like, don't be nice, be kind. Kind Laundry makes plastic-free laundry detergent. Yeah, it comes in sheets, actually. Like, little, like, they almost look like, um, like magic eraser sheets. And you drop them into your laundry, and they dissolve when water gets on them, and then... The real benefit is like they do a great job cleaning your clothes, but they're also like there's no jug of plastic. There's no plastic or like plastic and paper box. And that's just kind of nifty. Like I think everyone is cognizant of how much plastic they use nowadays. And one of the arenas that you really can't get away from it is laundry because like if you use liquid, what are you going to put liquid in a bag? Like that's still plastic. So anyway, you use these sheets and it's good. Kind Laundry is the company. No more to say about them. Let's move on. Another, uh, I think, young company is called Little Sleepies. Not crazy about the name, but Little Sleepies is a company that makes pajamas for kids. My kids are obsessed with Little Sleepies bamboo pajamas. That's right. They're made out of bamboo, which is an interesting fabric. Uh, starting to use it more and more in clothing. I think it's grows really quickly so it's um you know has some advantages to cotton and certainly some advantages to more uh synthetic fabrics like polyester nylon and that sort of thing uh little sleepies bamboo uh, pajamas come in a variety of prints really cute stuff like we have one that's got a bunch of donuts on it we got another that's got like bananas and and uh the colors are great and they're just very soft like the kids 
especially Alice, demands soft clothing, uh, which I find kind of strange, but she loves it just like Kathy does, and they uh, they just go crazy for these little sleepies bamboo pajamas. So, yep, give them a shot if you got kids. And now it's minute 19. I just want to say thank you for joining me on this ride. 20 episodes of 20 and 20 was a lot of fun. Kind of a project I undertook during quarantine just as a way to pass the time. I always felt I had a pretty strong voice from my stint as a radio DJ in Juno. And uh, this has helped me develop it, I guess. More than anything, it's helped me connect with some of my friends and family when we haven't been able to connect because of the, the virus. So uh, if you've been around for the last 20 episodes, in any capacity, one episode here and there, or diehard listener from the get-go, thank you for joining me. It's been a blast. I will be back. I am going to do another podcast in the meantime. It's going to have to do with, uh, it's going to be like a children's podcast like I said last week. Um, yeah, I got nothing left. I'm actually finishing ahead of time. Thank you for joining me. This was 20 and 20, season one finale. Season two will be back sometime this summer. Thank you for being here. My name is Pat, and I am your host. And uh, have a great uh, spring, guys. See you later. Hallelujah.